with the recent announcement of the limited edition Boy Genius Signature Broadcaster Jr. by Gretsch, which sold out by the way, another entry has been added to the relatively short list of women, or in this case, groups of women, with signature guitars. It's a list that has expanded in the past decade or so, and it includes Yvette Young, Chrissy Hine, Emily Wolf, Her, Susanna Hoffs, Laurie Basilio, Bonnie Raitt, Nancy Wilson, and Courtney Love. And, of course, what is perhaps the most unique signature model named for a woman, the Ernie Ball music man St. Vincent, which has a few additions at this point and a more affordable Sterling model as well. Even though the list of women with signature guitars has grown over the years, I think there's still a lot of opportunity for brands to honor some of today's most exciting up-and-coming guitarists who just happen to be women. Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily, and you're doing great today. I'm really proud of you. Let's talk about some women who I think should get a signature guitar. I base this list mostly on vibes, if I'm being honest, but getting serious, yes, this list is largely artists of whom I'm a personal fan. But I also thought about musicians who are gaining popularity, brands that don't presently have a lot of signature models, period, guitar models that have or have not been done to death, so I won't be suggesting uh, any strats or tellies. And finally, I tried, I tried to hit a few different genres, but me being me, most of these artists fall pretty squarely within the quote unquote indie rock genre. Well, enough dilly dallying, let's get this list started. Number one on my list, which isn't really in any specific order if you're wondering, is Liz Stokes from The Beths. Liz shares guitar duties with longtime bandmate Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan would probably be classified as the lead guitarist, while you'd probably call Liz a rhythm guitarist, but I think we should give rhythm guitarists more signature models. After all, aren't most guitarists rhythm players? And Liz is really good on guitar. Uh, here's an example. If you've seen them perform their song Silence is Golden from their recent release Expert in a Dying Field, you already know that she plays the main riff in that song, and that does not look easy to sing and play at the same time. In addition to their respective guitar skills, Liz and Jonathan are an exceptional songwriting team, and I can see the Beth's success growing. I mean, they were the openers for Death Cab slash Postal Services shows in 2023, for God's sake. But back to signature guitars. Liz, who she and the rest of the band are based in New Zealand, uh, she's the guitarist who gave me the idea for this video in the first place. In a Bored to Death video they did with Earthquaker Devices, Liz talks about her GNL tribute Fallout, and at a point she says, and I'm paraphrasing here, that both she and the guitar are from Indonesia, and I just thought that was very sweet and charming and relatable and also maybe fate? It's clear that she has a very special bond with this instrument. So I thought while watching, G&L needs to get this woman a damn signature guitar. The G&L tribute Fallout is based on the G&L SC2, which was launched in 1982 and was a hit among new wave musicians in particular. 
The Tribute shares the body and shape of the SC2, but boasts a P90 in the neck and a splittable humbucker in the bridge, which I imagine makes it super versatile. The original SC2, from what I can tell, had two single coil pickups. It's my understanding that both guitars are full scale length guitars at 25 and a half inches for the scale length. Uh, that's the Fallout and the SC2. I should specify that uh, I, I'm talking about tribute because that's what Liz plays, and I think her signature model should also be the tribute. Those are the more affordable versions of these guitars. In my opinion, GNL is pretty in need of some cool new artists in general, and frankly, more women specifically. They do have some really cool artists already, don't get me wrong. One example is Marissa from Screaming Females, which is awesome. And obviously, Jerry Cantrell rules. But for decades, he's been GNL's single most notable guitarist. And I can't think of a lot of other brands that you really only associate with one specific guitarist. GNL makes great guitars. They're one of those if you know you know brands. And I think branching into signature models that would appeal to younger players and women would be a smart move for them. But Emily, I can hear you saying, GNL doesn't do signature guitars. Yes, yes they do. They don't have many signature models, but they have a couple. Uh, Jerry Cantrell has had at least one signature Rampage, and Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith has had a signature ASAT bass. Even with all that in mind, I think the odds are unfortunately low of Liz getting a signature GNL. Hell, I think it's unlikely that anyone gets a signature GNL anytime soon. Even though they've done a few signature models that I could find, it's pretty obvious that signature guitars aren't a part of their marketing strategy. Not that I can particularly tell what GNL's marketing strategy is at all, to be honest, but that's neither here nor there, and that's a completely different video. All right, let's get on with the business. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider taking a second to rate, review, and subscribe. Those are a few no-cost ways to support Get Offset and help it find even more ears. If you're into financially supporting this podcast, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash getoffset, link in the show notes, where you can give 5 or $10 a month for some perks, including exclusive Discord access. If you're listening on Spotify, you may be able to tip the show. I'm not entirely sure, to be completely honest. Finally, please consider subscribing to Get Offset on YouTube. If you like me here, you'll like me there. Well, back to the episode. Next up on my list is Molly Rankin from Indie Darlings and recent Grammy nominees, Always. That's A-L-V-V-A-Y-S, if, if you're not familiar, which I hope you are. Uh, live, Molly has mostly played various short-scale Fenders, Mustangs, Jazzstangs, which she donned on the cover uh, for She Shreds, and Duo Sonics. Lately, it seems her 1961 Duo Sonic is getting the bulk of the attention, so my pick is to give Molly a signature Duo Sonic. 
rocking a 24-inch scale length and two single-coil pickups with a simple toggle switch, Duosonics were introduced as a student model back in 1956, the same year as the Music Master, though the Duosonic, I think, is a few months younger. As far as I can tell, Fender hasn't ever released a signature Duosonic for any artist, and I think Molly would be a great choice. Like the Beths, and this is going to be a trend on this list, Molly, Rankin, and Always are coming off their arguably best and most successful album to date. They played a ton of sold-out shows in big rooms, opened for major acts, and even made their late-night TV debut, bringing glide guitar to the masses. They were even nominated for their first ever Grammy, but to be honest, I think it's a shame that the album Blue Rev as a whole wasn't nominated for any Best Album slash Album of the Year awards that year. But again, back to the guitar. I think Fender should release a signature Molly Rankin duo Sonic based on her beloved 1961. Or, hear me out, a signature always bass. Since I've been following Always, which has been since Archie Marry Me was released, they've used the same Music Master bass, I think from 73, regardless of the bassist. This bass has been loved. It has the kind of relicking guitarists dream of and pay a lot of money to imitate. It looks like the original pickup has been swapped for some kind of rails pickup, so still a guitar pickup, and it looks like the volume and tone have been bypassed from pictures I've seen of it. As far as the instruments of always, this is, in my opinion, the more iconic option. I'd be stoked for either, but I'd embody the shut up and take my money meme for that music master bass. Okay, we're staying in the rock territory for this one, and the Fender territory, for that matter, for my next pick. The guitar is a Seafoam Green Squire 51, and the guitarist is Alicia Bagnano from Bully. If you're not familiar with a Squire 51, it's a hoot of a guitar. Telecaster neck, strat body, P-bass-esque pickguard, and slanted single-coil neck pickup, and a splittable humbucker in the bridge. There was a Fender version as part of the cult hit Pawn Shop series. Side note, Fender, please bring back this series. It ruled. But for the most part, the 51 has been a Squire guitar, and I think Alicia's signature guitar should also be a Squire. I want the signature model to be affordable, robust, and I want them to sell a million of them. And we already know through the Paranormal series that guitarists really love these weird little guitars that blend different models together. I mean, how was the 51 not already part of the Paranormal series? Make it make sense. Alicia's Squire 51 isn't fully stock and her signature shouldn't be either. In an interview with The Current, she calls her 51 her quote, Frankenstein guitar. The neck has a Bluesman Vintage logo. That's the guitar shop outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee, though she doesn't know if it's a completely different neck than the guitar originally shipped with, or if it's the same neck with the shop's logo, which would be kind of weird, honestly. From what I've gathered, Bluesman does sell their own brand of relict instruments. Um, they kind of remind me of Nash guitars in that way, which we'll get to Nash guitars later. 
But the headstock design for Bluesman Vintage looks it's, it's it looks different. It's it's very unique. Uh, Alicia's headstock looks more like a traditional telly than the Bluesman headstock, but who's to say how long they've been using that headstock design? For her signature, though, with regards to the neck, I think Fender should take a look at that neck and just make something similar. Um, that That's how I feel about it. Obviously, it's not going to be a Bluesman neck. It's going to be a Telecaster neck. But if there's something different about the shape or the radius, I, I think they should work to imitate that. Alicia also isn't sure what the pickups are. Specifically, she's not sure what the humbucker is. That's the one that she uses the most. But her humbucker is covered, and I couldn't find any signs that other Squire 51s had covered humbuckers. And the neck itself is still a single coil, but it looks like it was pulled from a Telecaster. So let's recap. Squire 51 with a Tele pickup in the neck and a splittable covered humbucker in the bridge with a neck that's designed to be similar enough to the Bluesman Vintage neck. Fender, come on, please make this happen. I need it to happen. I need for Squire 51s to be a thing because they are just that cool. All right, uh, let's keep this rolling. Guitarists around the world were shocked when Rolling Stone released a new list of best guitarists of all time. Of course, everyone had their own various beefs with that list, but a big one was that Julian Baker was excluded even though boy genius bandmate Lucy Dacus made the list. And no shade to Lucy, but a lot of people joked that someone had confused Lucy with Julian, and that's not the wildest theory I've ever heard, to be completely honest. For years, Julian has played Telecasters, and I think her signature model should be a Telecaster. But not just any Telecaster, an Acoustasonic Telecaster from their player series with custom artwork by Yvette Young. In case you didn't already know, Yvette Young is a remarkable painter, in addition to being a, an incredible guitarist, who previously did a painted series with, I believe it was Zvex for their lo-fi junkie pedal. I think she might have also done something with Earthquaker Devices. My, my memory is failing me uh, on this one. Uh, by the way, she accepts commissions, so if you're interested in that, uh, I guess hit her up for rates. So there aren't a ton of guitarists who have been seen rocking Acoustasonics live, but it's a pretty solid list, um, albeit a short one. Julian, Jack White, Sting, Phineas, Danny Elfman, and Shania Twain, uh, to name a few. We know that Fender pushed the ever-loving hell out of Acoustasonics for a few years, though that seems to have slowed and a signature model could light that fire again. I'd wager that Julian is playing an American Acoustasonic, but I'd prefer to see her signature be from the Player Series. While the American Series has more tonal options, I think the Player Series makes more sense in general. In addition to being a bit more affordable, and we, knows, we know that this matters to Julian from her video announcing the Boy Genius signature Gretsch, the Player Series uses 9-volt batteries instead of USB charging, which is wild because I'd personally pay a premium for being able to use a 9-volt instead of USB charging. 
I abhor USB rechargeable gear for the stage. My only exception is a USB rechargeable pedal board power supply, um, just because sometimes it's really hard to find power at the front of the stage. But this includes wireless systems for IEMs and batteries for active pickups. I mean, think about it. What are you going to do if your battery fails mid-set? Hand it to someone and give it a quick charge? Try to find a USB cable long enough to charge while you play? Can you even play and charge an Sonic at the same time? No, you're going to want to be able to simply swap out the batteries. I like to use rechargeable batteries, which have come a long way, but that's a different video for a different channel. So, in summary, Julian Baker Acoustasonic Telecaster with Custom Arch. It won't be a cheap guitar, even going with the Player Series. Hey, the art would make it more expensive. It probably won't be a terribly popular signature guitar, just because it's an Acoustasonic, which is already pretty niche, and I imagine that any signature Acoustasonic would be more expensive than the standard line even without the custom artwork. But I think someone is eventually going to get a custom Acoustasonic. Why not a three-time Grammy winner? I mean, it would be awesome. Quick note, I'd thought about putting Phoebe Bridgers on this list, but I ultimately decided one member of Boy Genius was enough to hit with detail, especially since the band as a whole just got a signature guitar. Phoebe is known for playing Dan Electros and a BC Rich, and if Phoebe did get a signature guitar, I, I, it should be a baritone BC Rich Warlock. I know some might want the Dan Electro, but as some of you know, the owner of Dan Electro is the Evitz Corporation, and their owner financially backed Proposition 8 in California, a state constitutional amendment intended to ban same-sex marriage. So I don't, I don't love that. And I especially don't like the thought of a queer artist putting their name to and selling a guitar owned by a company whose founder doesn't believe that same-sex marriage should be legal. By the way, there are websites where you can look up political donations of individuals. His is a real uh, doozy. I don't want this video to get political, but it already has. I'm sorry. He, he gave, he gave Herschel Walker a lot of money. I, th I think that's a very weird choice, but, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, pivot from indie, uh, to like folk and country, but funnily we're still staying with queer artists. So, uh, Joy Oladakun is a rising star in what I'll loosely call the Americana genre. She's been featured on songs with stars like Maren Morris, Noah Kahn, and Brandi Carlisle. She is, like the others on this list, a killer songwriter. She's obviously known more for being a songwriter than a guitarist, as is Liz Stokes, as is Molly Rankin. But I stand by the fact that more rhythm guitarists should get signature models. We also think of Chrissy Hind more as a songwriter and a front person than a guitarist. 
So there you go. There is there is history of doing this. Joy's expansive 2023 release, Proof of Life, hit 19 on the Billboard U.S. Heat Seekers chart, and Rolling Stone called her, quote, Nashville's most low-key musical revolutionary. Joy is primarily seen with acoustic guitars, but I found this really cool interview that she did with the Recording Academy in 2023 as part of their It Goes to Eleven series that her first electric is her, quote, starter Pokemon, which I think is cute and relatable, and also that, quote, there's an attachment and a relationship there that I did not know I could have to an instrument. That's very high praise. The guitar in question is by Olympia Washington-based Nash Guitars. It's a thinline T-style guitar called the T72TL and features two wide-range humbuckers. I want to say Nash Guitars usually uses Lawler pickups, so these could be Regals, though it's unclear. Um, the guitar also features an S-model hardtail bridge. So does Nash Guitars even do signature models? I mean, I, I don't think so, but is that really the point of this video? Or is the point of this video that I follow the musical careers of women with super cool guitars and that I would generally think it'd be super cool if these women got signature guitars? <laughs> think about it. <laughs> and before I move on, there's something else I'd like to say about Joy. One thing I really enjoyed learning about her was that she was inspired to play guitar at the age of 10 after seeing a video of Tracy Chapman's famous performance during Nelson Mandela's 70th birthday celebration at Wembley Arena. That's obviously been in the news lately because Fast Car was once again a huge hit and was performed at the Grammys uh, with Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman, who, by the way... Uh, the guitar that Tracy Chapman played at the Grammys was built by a Canadian woman named Judy Threet, who is known not just for being a skilled luthier, she's retired now, but she has some of the most incredible inlay work I've ever seen in my life. Um, but this, this is all to say, going back to Joy, seeing Tracy Chapman, representation matters. That's a big part of this video, too. Last but certainly not least, Seattle's own Jessica Dobson from Deep Sea Diver. She has also played with the Shens, Beck, Connor Oberst, the Yaya yeah, yeah, Yaz, Spoon. Uh, for those of you who are my age, those were all your favorite bands in high school and your first couple years in college. If you're in the guitar sphere at all, you've probably heard of Jessica Dobson. But if you haven't, she's a phenomenal guitarist, and Deep Sea Diver seems poised to hit new highs in the coming years. They've long deserved more acclaim than they've gotten. I can say the same about Joy, for that matter. And it's only a matter of time before the rest of the world gets hip to one of the best bands in indie rock. Or like, rock, period. Like a lot of the other women on this list, Jessica and Deep Sea Diver are coming off of what is perhaps their best and most successful album, 2020's Impossible Weight. 
that record absolutely rules and it got them some major attention and opportunities, including a few shows opening for Pearl Jam in 2023. Jessica is known for her love of offsets, including two of my favorites, the Elvis Costello signature Jazz Master and the Starcaster. Obviously, her signature guitar can't be someone else's signature guitar, though it'd be really funny if that ever did happen. <laughs> but seeing how she turned a lot of people on to the power of the Starcaster, that's my vote for her signature model. Jessica has been playing her modern player Starcaster reissue since, I believe, 2014. In an article with She Shreds, she says her Starcaster is, quote, modded out, but unfortunately, she doesn't really get into the specifics. I'd love to know what those mods are and see them replicated in a signature model, um, but unfortunately, I just don't know what they are other than a pickup swap that we will get to, I promise. I imagine that Jessica's signature would have a sunburst finish like her current model, um, I'm not sure, again, what all she'd change in it, but I have to think she'd upgrade the pickups. I believe she has Lawler Regals. Again, those are their wide-range humbuckers in there right now. But Fender has new Kunafe wide-range humbuckers, which are supposed to be a more accurate representation of that 70s sound than they had previously put in the Starcasters and the Tele Deluxes, etc. So those may be a good choice. And I'd actually be super curious to hear how the Regals and the Fender Cunefes compare. But again, that's a video for another day. This is certainly the channel for that though. So that's my list, maybe the first of a few. After all, it was hard to narrow down this list to five-ish guitarists, but I, I tried. I, I have a whole slew of other women that I would love to hit in a video like this. But tell me, what did you think? Um, too much indie rock? Are there glaring omissions? Did I get anyone's signature guitar totally wrong? Uh, let me know in the comments. And if you didn't know, if you're listening on Spotify, you actually can send in comments to uh, these episodes. I realize I called it a video earlier. I'm sorry. I make, make a lot of videos. Um, but yes, you can go there and you can leave that comment there on Spotify. So thank you for that. Spotify is also a great place to listen to this podcast in general. Uh, I don't really get monetized in other places because I don't run ads, but if enough people listen on Spotify, I can get monetized on Spotify. It's very embarrassing to say this, but in 2023, I made more money from Spotify podcasts than I did uh, for music on Spotify. Uh, so there, there you go. Um, so again, if you like this, please also subscribe, rate, review, etc. Share, tell your friends. Um, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset. As I'd mentioned, for as little as $5 a month, you get access to our exclusive Discord server. And at the $10 level, you get uh, the server access, of course, and an exclusive get offset logo mug. 
We also have merch at getoffsetpodcast.com slash shop and affiliate links in the show notes. So if you're shopping for gear or like anything really, uh, please consider using those links. It's a great way to support this channel and this podcast doing things you are probably going to do anyway. Well, for everyone out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. Goodbye.